Well, friends, it's always, it's always so good to see you at Mass. I don't, I've been here a long time, 16 years. This is my 16th year. I don't think I've ever taken for granted the fact that so many Carroll College students come to Mass on Sunday night. It's a huge gift. It's a huge blessing. So it's good you're here. So thanks. But let's ask the question, why we come? Why do you come? And there's lots of different reasons why we would come to Mass. You know, for, for some, sometimes we come out of obligation, and that's fine. It's actually good because we are obliged, right? The Lord said, keep holy the Sabbath, so we're obliged. It's a commandment. But thankfully, in college, that starts to kind of fade a little bit because you don't have to be here. I mean, you do if you want to go to heaven, but you don't have to, like in terms of getting dragged here by your parents or something like that. Right? So, so you go for not just that reason, a strictly obligation. You choose to come. But then the question still remains, but why? So there could be a lot of different reasons. Maybe you find peace here. Maybe you feel yourself more grounded when you come to Mass. Maybe you feel a sense of purpose. Maybe you experience, I don't know, a sense of feeling solid in who you are, your identity. Maybe you experience healing. All of that's good, and it's even very good. We're better when we come to Mass. But I just want to throw this out. We don't come to Mass solely or even primarily for ourselves. If we do, we haven't quite got what Jesus wants to accomplish in us. We haven't quite matured. Maybe we're on the way, but we have not matured yet. We come for a much greater reason than just ourselves. And the gospel brings it into front and center tonight. Jesus says to his disciples, which means to us, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. That pronoun's important because Jesus says you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And anyone who's paying attention should go, me? What about you? Jesus goes, no, you. You're the salt of the earth. And you are the light of the world. What does that mean then, that we are that? Well, let's talk about it. Let's start with the metaphors, the images themselves. So salt and light, they are so practical, especially in Jesus' day. They are practical realities. If the lights went off in here, we're going to have an issue. Maybe not as big an issue at Carroll College as if the internet goes out. Because that's a tragedy. That's a catastrophe. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? The Wi-Fi is down. Everybody panic, right? No, but if lights go out, if we don't have light, that's a very practical thing. Salt in Jesus' day, maybe not so much in our day, but in Jesus' day was very, very important. It did way more than just add flavor, even though it did then and it does now. In fact, if you don't realize that, I don't know if you knew this, but the word salad comes from salt, right? But a salad is greens that have been seasoned with salt. So that's why it's called salad. Salt was really valuable. It's where we get the English word salary. Make a salary because salt cost. It was costly. It was precious. It was important. 
But probably the most common use of salt in Jesus' day was to preserve. Since they didn't have refrigeration, they would preserve meats by salting them. So there's this very practical element, right? It's connected to realities in the world, salt. And then, of course, light. Without electricity, when the sun goes down, light becomes very important. It gives an ability to see, but it also provides safety and security. So this whole idea that we're salt and light, salt of the earth, light of the world, locates us not in heaven and not hiding away from the world, but in the world for the sake of the world. So we take those images further than just their practical uses and we see that salt and like don't make any sense on their own. That they have their value, they have their purpose precisely in relation to what they give. Salt gives flavor. Salt gives a preservative power. Light gives vision. Light gives safety, illumination so that things can be seen as they are. They act upon the things around them and they bring change. That's so important for us to hear. Brothers and sisters, we are not called to hide from the world, but we are called to be in relation to the world and to act upon the realities of the world to effect change if we follow Jesus, if we're his disciples. So the question then is, do we? Do we? And even more personally, do I? So do we as a church bring something different to the world? One would hope so. But more to it, do I? If I am a sincere follower of Jesus Christ, do I act upon the realities of the world and effect a change? And so often we're like, I don't know, man, maybe. And part of that's understandable because we know our own brokenness. We know our own frailty, right? Okay. But part of it is also that maybe we're living this Christian life solely for ourselves. I've said this about grace in different contexts. It certainly applies here. The grace of God is personal but never private. His grace coming into my life, his grace coming into your life is personal, is perfectly suited to us. It is personal, but it is never private. And once it becomes private, it loses all its power. If you're here just for yourself, only for yourself, then you won't make any difference in the world because you're still closed in on yourself. But if you're here for more than yourself, if you're here to meet the living God in Jesus Christ, to give yourself to him, to precisely leave yourself behind, then watch the power. We're meant to meet Jesus here at Mass. That's why really the reason we should come to Mass is to worship God. Come to worship him. Come to give ourselves to him. We come to encounter him. 
And in so doing, we open up the possibility for him to change us with his grace, his love, his power, his mercy, his salt, his light. And only in that encounter do we become salt and light. Friends, if we're just here to receive and not ready to give, then the power of Christianity won't affect our lives. And then the world won't be changed because Jesus, for some reason, decided he wanted to use us. He wanted to use you and me to change the world. Could he have done it himself? Could he do it himself? Mm -hmm. But he so loves us that he wants to draw us into his workings, into his plan, into his way of saving the world. He wants to involve us. St. Irenaeus, second century, has a great line. He said, God would not save us without us. Okay, fine. That means I have to give permission. He won't save me without me. I have to say yes. But if you expand that beyond just kind of a focus on self, he would not save us without us. He wants to use us to be his instruments of salvation in the world. And for that, we have to be mature enough to not just receive, but to also give. So if Jesus wants to use us, if he wants to make himself like us first so that we can be used in the world, well, friends, that's both good news and a little bit scary. So let's start with the good news. The good news is this. Jesus wants to do it. It's not our effort. I don't have to bring my salt to the world or make up my own light and offer it to the world. He's the one who accomplishes He's the one who acts. He's the one who brings his salt, his light, and gives it to me. We don't have to save ourselves, and we don't have to save the world. Jesus does that. But here's the scary part. He wants to do it through us. He wants to make us real, living instruments of his salvation to continue his mission of incarnation in the world, in real hearts, heart to heart. That means our hearts. And why is that scary? Because to be salt and light means we have to be willing to be different. And we have to be willing to be different in a world that prizes conformity. Don't think all the stuff you see going on out there is anything other than bland, insipid, boring conformity. That's all it is. If you want to be something original, if you want to be someone unique, follow Jesus Christ. Because the world is just a giant conformist machine. It'll package itself as rebellious and unique and different, but all this stuff is just one giant machine of satisfying your own needs. And it is fundamentally boring. It's the worst thing. It's so bland and insipid. That's why I love that you come to Mass. It's actually a countercultural move to come to Mass, to choose to come. But we've got to be willing to be different. And that's going to cost us. It will cost. Look, it costs Jesus. It costs all the saints. It's going to cost us too. 
if we choose to be different than the world. That's why St. Paul say, I when I was with you, I didn't preach anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Just Jesus and him crucified. Because that's the countersign to all the comfort of the world, to all the conformity of the world. That's the uniqueness that changes things. What happens if we don't live differently? Well, if we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and if our salt loses its taste, then the earth is bland. If we don't shine the light of God, then the world is dark. And it's getting more and more bland and more and more dark. If you don't believe that, just look at the law about abortion that was passed in Minnesota last week. If you don't know what that is, look it up. And you'll see darkness in the world, voted in, passed in legislation, dark. But also this, friends, it's not just the world. Us too. If we're not going to live different, then we'll be bland and insipid and dark shrouded we won't be any different than the world here's a good quote from he's now a priest but he wrote this when he wasn't a priest this guy Father Simeon he says do not we too often want to be the receivers rather than the givers and do not we in this way become insipid and dark The disciple himself is responsible if the world around him remains crouching in lethargy, untransformed. Christ has communicated to him his own substance, the salt and light of divinity, and these turn and become corrupt if they are not further communicated at once. Right? Do not we too often want to be the receivers rather than the givers? And if all we do is want to receive, if I'm just here for me tonight, then what will happen is that the gifts the Lord gives us will turn and they'll become corrupt unless they're communicated right away. So, my friends, we came to Mass tonight. Good. But hopefully we have not come just for ourselves. Not just to be receivers, but rather to give first. To give our hearts to Jesus wholly and fully. And then to be rendered capable of giving his salt and his light to the world. That's a great reason to come to Mass.